Super Nintendad's entertainment podcast is a part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. For more information, please go to greenlitpodcasts.com and... Thanks for listening. <laughs> on a Japanese roller coaster, no one can hear you scream. We get together on the coast and have a few laughs, and somehow I'm hosting the show. Yippee-ki-yay, this is Super Nintendad's. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Super Nintendo Entertainment Podcast. Whoa, 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 What? What happened? Whoa. What did I do? You're, you're not hosting this show. What do you mean? Of course I am. No, you're not. Why? You've been, you've been benched. Gabe is hosting the show. Episode Wait. six, we promised him he could host it. We're actually doing that. This is the, this is our first episode on Greenlit. We're, 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 we're still doing that. Yeah, we're handing the keys over to a 12-year-old who didn't, who wasn't even born in the 80s or 90s. He, and, and he didn't even graduate high school. No, absolutely not. So uh, it's Gabe's show to, to run into the ground. He has, some very av- <laughs> he has some very average shoes to fill. He has some very average shoes to fill. You're right. Very, it's actually probably not going to be too difficult. Right. Um, so, Gabe, why don't you tell the folks what you chose this week? For my week in the hot seat, I chose Die Hard. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So why Die Hard, Gabriel? Well, I mean, it's an appropriate pop culture mashup. It's classic movie. It's got a video game. But I'm really puzzled by this NSFS choice, guys. Uh, you don't just drop that like people know. I have no idea what that means. What's NSFS? Uh, that's not safe for Sun. You're 12, Gabe. So you're taking a shot at me, too. Okay. A little bit. No, no, That's fine. That's fine, because I let my kid watch movies where people kill people. Yep. I'm a terrible person. Fine. That, that's fair. That's fair. Okay. So Gabe, <laughs> what love have you for John McClane? What, what, what's, what's the deal here? Well, I like his iconic white tank top. You wouldn't believe how many decisions I've made in my life based on white tank tops. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm a slave so to fashion myself, so I'm with you, buddy. That's, that's true. So you're in charge this week, but I got to be honest, from up here, it doesn't look like you're in charge of jack yeah, we're going to really need to hope that John Wayne walks off into the sunset with Grace Kelly on this one, kid. That was Gary Cooper, asshole. <sighs> we're going to spend months sifting through the rubble of the disaster. of a, By the time we figure it out, we're going to misquote the movie three times, and Gabe's going to be sitting on the beach with 20%. <laughs> well, best of luck on your hosting, Gabe, and welcome to the party, pal. Gabe, she's all yours. I negotiate million-dollar deals for breakfast. I think I can handle a podcast. Nice. Nice. Thank you. Before we get into it, a reminder that Die Hard is rated R for violence and language. Our curses have been bleeped and we'll do our best to keep it family friendly. On with the show. This is 8-Bits. Here's where we run down our favorite news stories. Some Nintendo, some not Tendo. Number one. Japanese theme parks are reopening while taking precautions against the coronavirus. One safety measure they have is no screaming on the coasters. Did you did you see what they actually direct people to do? No, no I didn't I hear did it. Not. What, what was the, it? The actual quote is, please, <laughs> please scream inside your heart and not out loud. Oh, God. Yeah. That's like the that, like if ever there was an emo 
album that needed to be it's it's yeah it's seriously isn't that is it please scream inside your heart the new my chemical romance single i think it is please scream yeah. inside your heart i've um, actually screamed inside my heart a lot this year so i think i'd do pretty well over there in japan yeah i don't even know that my heart can take it so gabe what else is discouraged there are a few other other rules there are a few other don'ts what were they cheering and shouting Ugh. um we actually have a clip of these restrictions let's check this out Okay, no, cool. Here, here, hear what it sounds like at a Japanese yeah. theme park these days. Let's, well, let's, let's do listen. it. Number two. The Sims Sparked is here, a competition-based storytelling TV show. Players create unique character stories, which will be scored by a panel of judges. Best story gets 100,000 bucks. What do we think? Is this compelling television? Dad, are we going to be binge-watching this? I don't know. So, so, so what's the deal? So I, I think this is actually on TBS. I hear it's not that many episodes. Maybe oh, I'm so wrong. Oh, so does, does it start at 8.05? <laughs> yeah, it's right after the Braves game. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah, and, and you know what? Like, I want to be on this show. I want to make my family of Sims and I want to put them in a in a six by six box with no bathroom. And then I want to hit the fast forward time and then I want them to all die in there. Yeah, they'll die That's... in a pile of their own f- feelings. Yeah, a miserable pile of secrets. They're just going to be <laughs> like, they're just going to be like, you know, like, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. I'm like, dude, I only built this six by six. You knew what you were signing up for. So where's my hundred grand? I think, I, you know what? I think people would appreciate the the artistic stroke of that maybe they wouldn't think it uh quite as dark as some it's, it's true nihilism again i i think it, it fits right in with your uh the emo segment previously right right i mean i, I care about nothing i'm good to move on to number three i don't even care <laughs> okay. about i don't care about continuing this conversation <laughs> number three with the lights going down on microsoft's mixer one of the biggest names in streaming popped up on youtube ninja his first stream, 100,000 viewers. He's kind of a big deal. He's the first streamer to have his own Fortnite skin and a clothing line with Adidas. What are your thoughts, you guys? I liked when Run DMC was with Adidas. Yeah, me too. I'm more of a Run DMC guy. Ninja, here's a few things about Ninja. One, I know he dyes his hair. That's not a plus or a minus. That's just a fact I know. So there's that. Two, he's not a real ninja. Another fact. That's um, so. Dis- that was so disappointing for me. Right, that he's not mm-hmm. like not 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 a single shuriken throne, Todd. Mm, not a single shuriken throne. He it doesn't is. even. Have, he doesn't even have a ghost dog. No, he doesn't. Is that? Oh my god! Is that Force Whitaker? Oh my god! He would hate me if I said this, but in 2019, I think he, he had hates a you, New Year's show while it was raining, and he tried to get everyone to do the floss, and no one danced. There's like two that's, people. Oh, that's embarrassing, isn't it? When someone oh does something God, like that. Oh my God, he Was he doing it? it? Yeah, he was. Oh, and no one else was doing it? Yeah. Well, he got he like, two Come people on, guys, to floss. party, and no one was doing it. Okay, well, stop right there. Let, okay. I, I've never no done No one the except floss. the two old people. Well, that's fine, but how many people have you gotten to do the floss when you've kicked off the floss? That's true. Zero. He's gotten wait, two more wait, wait, people. Wait, how do you know that? I don't know, because I feel like you're very open and honest with me about your your flossing adventures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I remember once I was, uh, Gabe, I was once at uh, one of your father's concerts, and he tried to get the audience to clap along, and no one clapped. So I understand the cringe that you had felt for Ninja. 
That never happened more than twice. Okay. (laughs) I think it was about twice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I had that. Sometimes you just try to get a John Cougar Mellencamp moment going, you know, you're like Jack and Diane. You You had your, you you had your arms over your head, your girl, your guitar slung around your back. Crickets. Crickets. I actually heard somebody open a Zippo lighter and light a cigarette. You could actually hear the cigarette lighting. That's how quiet it is. I heard, I heard three people say I'm going to hit the bathroom. I heard three people say I'm going to leave. <laughs> you were one of them. I, w- I, I didn't see you for two years after that. <laughs> I couldn't look at you in the eyes. Oh, my God. Okay, so, Gabriel, let's see. You got to keep this show. You got to keep this train moving forward. Otherwise, Todd and I are going to waste all your time. <laughs> yep. Number four. Holy brick. The Lego Nintendo love affair continues, and this one is only for the serious Lego enthusiast. That's you, Gabe. And my son, and and Grayson. A replica of a CRTV displaying Mario, an NES system, controller, an NES cart of Super Mario Brothers. If you crank the side of the TV, Mario moves left to right. August 1st, 250 bucks. This thing looks amazing. Dad, are we feeling nostalgic? In this yeah. fine year, yeah, and on this in this fine year of 2020, <laughs> yes, um, yeah, I uh, we'll probably pick this thing up. I think it's it's, a, it's amazing. It's the coolest thing they've made, I think, yet that has to do with Nintendo. The other sets were pretty cool. Um, well, the this and is, the interactive ones still are due out this summer as well. Right, I think those are still very cool. Um, yeah. but this one is like, like I want to build it and put it in a plastic case and never touch it. I think that's that's probably the idea, but you do need to touch it so that you crank it so that you can see Mario go through the entire first stage of World 1-1. No yeah. one doesn't want to do that, right, Ted? I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy it and just, I'll just, it's, it's, it's too much it's pressure. An, it's an I'll investment. I'll just buy it and set, I'll, I'll just set it on fire. You want to just watch <laughs> the Legos melt? We'll just watch the Legos melt, Gabe. This is turning very, very dark. I don't care about anything. That's clear. It's being very clear. Earlier when I said that you were going to record the show from your garage with the car running, I don't think I was all that far off. <laughs> Todd, you're telling people how the sausage is made. Oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Also, Gabe, open the garage, please. <clears throat> it's, get, it's, it's getting smoky in here. <laughs> Number five, GTA and VR. Maybe. Makers of Red Dead Redemption and GTA are rumored to be developing a new AAA VR open world game. They published L.A. Noir a while back. That got a VR update. Could this be a sequel? Something completely different? What do you guys think it would be? I don't know. My, my, my gut reaction is that it's, it's probably some kind of VR functionality that launches alongside a GTA 6, something like that. I don't know that they'll make... Uh, like a standalone in VR because I don't know that that makes them enough money but maybe here's what I do know it'll be great whatever it is and full disclosure I used to work at Rockstar just full trans full transparency um good guys great games yeah I'm interested I'm listening I, I, I think whenever- it's it's you know it's costly to create VR games uh it probably makes the most sense that they're gonna retrofit some game like they did right. with Eleanor, but right. if they're doing something that's completely new and open world, that seems little kind of hoping, but unrealistic. Number six, more mini consoles on the way. Ugh. Sega set to release the I Astro know. City Mini, 36 games, 120 books. It just, it looks just like the real arcade staple, but have we reached peak mini madness? How many yes. copies of Golden Axe yep. do we really need? 
Yeah, no, we have. You're right. Uh, Gabe, I, I, the answer is one copy of Golden Axe, or it's it's actually zero to one copies of Golden Axe. I don't need that many copies of Golden Axe. Um, and, and Sega just keeps repackaging and selling them to me. Listen, I hope someone out there loves this thing. I was never a big arcade player. It's 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 like cool looking. I wouldn't pay 120 bucks yeah, for it. It's cool. I'd but pay, again, I, I, I don't need to pay play Virtua Fighter on a three inch screen. That's the other problem, right? Does it hook up to the TV? Do we know yeah, that? Yeah, it does. There oh. is an HDMI output and USB A ports. But did okay. you know it comes with like its own custom controller? That's like I think a Genesis controller with like three big buttons and three. Yeah, small it's like buttons an arcade. It's an buttons. arcade stick. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I still don't. I think want you it. can use you can use the cabinet that mini cabinet that it's designed as, as a controller as well, once it's hooked up to the TV. It's fine. This is the whole thing. Emulation, it depends on who's doing the emulation. It depends on how close the emulation is. Some of these systems, it's not great. But there might be some arcade games on here that just haven't seen the light of day yet. And that's kind of cool, but I'm I'm not interested. I'm, I'm just, I'm kind of at peak mini systems. Right. Do you remember the first time you saw Virtual Fighter? The first time I saw it in the arcade was amazing, but the first time I saw it on a Saturn in someone's house playing oh my God. a game that just looked like it was straight from the future. Nothing will ever yeah. look as good as this, even though your jumps take about 18 seconds to land because they're so floaty. I right. loved was it. That, I, yeah, was, I that, thought it, was that an up to jump? It was an up to jump. Yep. Ah, get, get out of here with up to jumps. No more up to jumps. Okay. No more. I don't, I don't think people are doing that much anymore. Really? Yeah. Also, if you don't, if you, if how do you I jump found, in Street Fighter? Well, I mean, come on. Those are those are leg, legacy controls. At least Street Fighter has back to block. You give me a button on the controller that's a block instead of back. I'm I'm gone. I'm out. How do you how do you jump in Mortal Kombat? Is it up? Again, <laughs> legacy controls. Legacy controls. Right, how, how do you jump in Injustice? Is it up? But that's 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 Nether Realm. I think you can change it to X or A or whatever you use, though. Nah. What do you know? Okay. <laughs> We're just messing with you, Gabe, giving you a hard time. Obviously, um, let's just not let's just agree now. No more up to jumps. And let's agree to move on to number seven. Number seven. Yacht Club Games, makers of 8-bit darling Shovel Knight, are working on a new 3D game. Who knows what it could be? The escapades of the shiny sub <laughs> shovel knight sold. Every year Todd and I go to the escapades. <laughs> <laughs> we have a rendezvous. Or a rendezvous, whatever it is. <laughs> we have we rendezvous at the at the escapades. It's all inclusive. How can we say no? How could we? The escapades of the shiny shovelers sold more than two point five million copies. Those guys probably have actual yachts. Are you, are you guys gonna buy it? I'll buy whatever these guys make. Uh, I'll I buy love anything Yacht Club. Club makes. Yep. Yeah, Yacht Club is great. Um, and they've yet to charge me for a full price game, and they've given me. Full price. Uh, they've given me full price content for like twenty bucks. They've given me so much content for that shovel knight package or whatever I paid for it, twenty five thirty, and they just keep releasing it. It's been like six years. Good for those guys. The gameplay yeah, is gr- great. Um, they're true to their word. They are developers that are one hundred percent true to their word, and that is pretty rare. I hope they enjoy the yachts that they can actually buy themselves now. Finally, number eight. A Smash Hollow Knight mashup? Not quite, but Todd almost fainted. Eh, I did. You did. Todd got close. the vape. Dude, Todd got the vapors. Artist and Twitter user Rubalide00 
has been busy reimagining what an HK smash might look like. It's super cool. Why don't you spell out the guy's Twitter name because it's a little weird. Spell it out because he deserves the notes for it. He or she, I'm not sure. It's at, it's at L-U-B-E-L-L-I-D-E double zero. That again. Uh, and uh, no, I'm not doing that <laughs> okay. again. Uh, just just rewind your podcast. Um, hit hit that back fifteen seconds. Fifteen button. second button. Come on, guys. Yeah, ex- exactly. And then you could hear Todd get the vapors again. Um, yeah, there he's uh, he's been uh, reimagining what um, Hollow Knight uh, and Smash might look like if there was a Smash with Hol- Hollow Knight characters, right? Game? Yep. Yeah, it looks cool, but it's sadly not what I hoped. Todd loves Hollow Knight. Um, Almost as much as he loves Shovel Knight. You're big into Knights, actually. Yeah, it's kind of my thing. Yeah. Did you like Baywatch Knights? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? There was you only once. There was only one Saturn game I liked. <laughs> Knights. Knights. <laughs> Into dreams. Into dreams, and then they had a they had a, like a Christmas expansion. I'm 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 announcing this right now, and I'm sticking by it. Uh, listeners, hold me to it. We are going to do a Baywatch Nights pocket episode. We've been talking about it for weeks, actually. <laughs> We've been talking about it for literally seconds, and I'm going to do it. You know what else? We haven't talked about the Wii U in a while. Oh, stop! That just felt I'm like mentioning it here. that. I edit the show. I'm cutting it here. Oh, actually, wait. Before you cut it. This is not a negotiation hunt. Let's check in with another great show on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Fans of video games, history, or video game history will definitely want to listen to Retronauts. Each week, Bob Mackey and myself, that's Jeremy Parrish, dive into the stories behind the greatest games of the past and the history behind the hits of today. Check us out every Monday on the Greenlit Podcast Network. dig through the eShop of trash and treasure. Todd, you actually had something you liked for once. How about you kick it off? I had the pleasure of playing Bloodstained Curse of the Moon 2. You know how excited I was about that. You were very excited. Uh, I'm usually terrible to you and make you play something awful. This was a treat for you. So go ahead, tell us all about it. You know, the, the fun thing about this for me is, you know, the the 8-bit version of Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, Bloodstained Curse of the Moon, came out as a holdover while they were releasing Ritual of the Night. And it was kind of a surprise. It came from left field, and I loved it. I played it a million times, and I talk about it all the time. I had no idea this was coming out. So this, I Right. This was a similar thing, right? It was like yeah. two weeks. They were like, it's coming out in two weeks, and people yeah. were like, what? I mean, you know, I'm always scouring the news as it is for the show, and I just didn't come across it. So when I I, I caught it on Monday, and it was out on Friday, so I was really excited about it. Um, of course, um, created by Koji, Koji Igarashi, Koji Igarashi, uh, developed by Inti Creates and published by Inti Creates. Uh, the official tagline is Koji Igarashi and Inti Creates are back with more retro sword and whip action. My tagline is, what a horrible night to not have a D-pad. Yeah, totally. You need a D-pad for these games. Well, yeah, well, luckily... If you're you're going 8-bit, you need a D-pad. Agreed. I I, Luckily, I have the Switch Lite, so I switched it over to there. (laughs) Switch, switch over. So I got a... uh, And the D-pad on the Switch Lite is actually really nice. It rocks really well. And it's not four four circles in the shape of a cross. Um, So Bloodstained Curse of the Moon 2 is 
just as good, if not better than the first Curse of the Moon. It adds new characters. It adds new abilities. It has a little bit more of a story, which is great. Uh, There's checkpoints, which makes the game a little bit easier to move through, but the game's a little bit more difficult overall. Okay, and it has, uh, did you mention co-op? It has co-op, right? It, yeah, I was just going to say it has two-player co-op, which is amazing. What a is really local cool. It's local? Online? It's local. Oh, it's local. That's awesome. I awesome. don't know how, I don't know, you know, if they'll eventually go past that, but it's, it actually feels more 8-bit to do it locally. Did I ever mention how much better the Switch Lite is than the actual Switch? I like it's playing great. it. Like, I like the triggers it are yeah. so much better. And it's yeah, not as the bulky. whole thing is developed. You know what the nice thing about it, too, is because the Joy-Cons obviously don't disconnect because they're all into the same unit. There's no, like, even when the Joy-Cons are in super tight, that's, you know, when you're playing, they move. Yeah. Like, it doesn't feel solid. The Switch Lite is great. I wish the screen was a little bit bigger on it, but I understand, you know, it's... Right, the perfect hybrid is if it had a cradle. Yeah, like that's if, the best of both worlds. If the normal Switch had the D-pad and the cool triggers, it would be the best. I agree, and I think that the the normal... Yeah, I I think that that's probably the combination, and I'm sure that's where they'll go. They're usually pretty good about listening to feedback in that regard. Or not. Or they'll make a knitting machine. Uh, You're looking at the Nintendo knitting machine. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Or a a sewing machine, if you know that's not your cup of tea, but it kind of is. Right, if you know it's not your cup of tea. So, so Todd, I would have loved to have played uh, Bloodstained Curse of the Moon 2. I have the first one. Uh, I was looking forward to the second one, but I was spending some time on the court. Ah, I, yeah, I, yeah, uh, on the uh, on the lawn, as it were. I got, I got, I went. Uh, I hopped in my time machine, and I went back to the 1920s to play a little tennis. That, how did that go for you? It went all right. So I downloaded Tennis 1920s, which is a steal at absolutely free. They will get you with microtransactions, etc. But Helium Nine Games developer publisher the tagline. Tennis 1920s is a realistic tennis game featuring tactical gameplay across a variety of incredible lifelike locations, all set in the Roaring Twenties. Ah, uh, the Roaring Twenties. The right, you might just bump into Jay Gatsby if you're lucky. <laughs> and I, I thought that description was fine. I didn't think it really did it justice, so I came up with my own. If you guys will give me a little rope here to, okay, <clears throat> sure to hit you with my own promo for it. Okay. Um, Would that I'm be all excited. right with you? Would that be all right with you, Gabe? It's your show. Yes. Okay. You have my permission. Okay. Excellent. So here we go. <clears throat> <laughs> the music. Feeling grummy, chum? Here's a new interactive mechanical activity for all you dewdroppers out there. 1920s tennis. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. But you don't need to have a backhand like Bill Tilden or a ground stroke like Lonnie Dodd to impress the eggs and dames here. <sighs> Believe me, friend, all it takes is a nimble thumb. And don't worry if you're on the nut. This game is absolutely free. Soon you'll be swinging like Brett the Nets Pickenzie. Boy, that Woodrow Wilson sure is a racist, isn't he? I'll see you out on the lawn. Thanks for playing. Uh. Oh, that was very well done, Michael. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Boy, that Woodrow Wilson sure is a racist. (laughs) He was, wasn't he? God, what a racist SOB. So 
I, here's what I'll say quickly about the game. The mechanics felt really good. I played it. Yeah, it's important for tennis, especially if it yeah. feels like you're not hitting it where you want. You know, you'll, you're. It's very quickly deleted from your from your system and and never played again. Yeah, I was actually um, just trying to play ping pong on the Famicom Disk System. Not mm-hmm. great mechanics. No, not great. The mechanics felt felt pretty good. It is they they breadcrumb you. There's a lot of like training. There's a okay. lot of like oh, like you earn two percent experience do you want to put it and, and everything starts at one percent and i'm like oh man do i gotta climb all the way to 100 percent for precision that goddamn one percent <clears throat> and for power and for speed and whatever and there's outfits you can customize your character you can play other people in tournaments you can train but there's also trainers you have to unlock so there's like some muddy microtransaction stuff in here that i don't usually vibe with but I mm-hmm. do really like the mechanic. I think they made a strong tennis mechanic. I don't know why they took me to the 20s. I don't know if they were like, you know, like. Yeah, what's could, that connection? I don't know. Like, good luck with the Spanish flu. I, I, I have no idea. But I hope that these guys continue to make tennis games and just make a regular tennis game. Like, I, maybe it's because they couldn't get any names or the official tennis license. I'm cool with that. I'm all right with time traveling and, and hitting the lawn. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So uh, my, my I guess my tagline summing it up is <clears throat> in my best uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald. So we beat on rackets against the breeze, born back ceaselessly. Onto the baseline. Wow. That's it. That's, that's it. Tennis. Words. That's that's tennis 1920s. I'll have the to price, check it out. I like the price. The, I like the price a lot. Yeah, it's right. You can't beat that price, buddy. Yeah, and uh, remember, and remember, friend, I am on the nut, so that's the right price for me. That's the right price for you, buddy. I'll yeah. tell Zelda about it. She'll love it. She'll she'll love it. Check it out. I'm gonna play it a little more. I, I but I I have Joy-Con drift, so I'm gonna I'm gonna play it. Uh, oh, I'm sure that makes uh, the tennis controls a breeze. Uh, it, it, I just it made me want to throw the thing against the wall. But I will uh, I'll dock it and I'll play it again. So you'd so, say that this is a game that you love? No, Todd. I would say it's aces. Oh whoa! <laughs> oh, you won! You won! Punned me. I did. I did, sir. Advantage, Michael. Mm. Mm. Yes. That brings us to Gabe and your bargain bin. Gabriel, what, do you, what did you play this week? I what played Ninjala with the booming price, which is so very expensive. Free. Psst. Free. And two free games this week. Mm. You guys caught a deal. I had to pay $14.99 for Bloodstained Curse of the Moon 2 on the Switch eShop. Yeah, but they didn't microtransaction. They, they weren't like, pay a little more for a little longer whip. <laughs> pay a little more for a little less for a little longer whip. <laughs> Want the holy right. water? That'll cost you 49 cents. <laughs> right. The developer and publisher is Gung Ho Online Entertainment. Do we know anything else they've done, or is this their first game on the eShop? I have no idea. Okay, neither do I, so it's fine. <laughs> The tagline is an online action battle game featuring ninja and gum. Assume the role of a modern day ninja and take part in the Ninjala tournament. All right. Explain to me, one, how the gum plays in, and two, what accent you were doing there. Country of origin, please. (laughs) Uh, British. Britain, England, Australia. Just do your your Australian accent. (laughs) Just do your Australian accent. You'll make up for it. 
Let me hear your Australian accent, Gabe. I shrimp on the barbie, mate. It's no, perfect. That's terrible. Flawless. <laughs> no, that's terrible. Um, yeah. Ninjala has a lot of potential. Okay, that's like, cool. It's like, I don't want to say poorly executed, because it's not. It's a good game. But, like, there's some glitches that are just deadly. Like, at the okay. beginning of a game, you, like, wouldn't be able to walk or anything, and it happens to, like, the entire team. Now, is walking teams, something actually. that's important to this game? Well, walking and jumping and running, yeah. Yeah, well, then you wouldn't would be, be able a, to do that anything. Would be a, that would be a major problem then. And then, so um, I imagine, Gabriel, yes, that you have developed a rating system for Ninjala. Would you care to share that rating system? Yes, my rating system this week is sandwiches. Okay, your rate <laughs> sandwiches. Sandwich. Okay, you're rating this on sandwiches. So, what's the worst grade sandwich you can give this? Five day old meatball sub that's super soggy. Ah, oh, meatball subs keep Gabriel. It, it, you know what? Five, I personally okay. like a soggy meatball sub, but I can understand five days. That might has it been sitting out or has it been in the fridge? In the fridge. I oh, like well, a soggy. It's so that's, soggy because it's sitting in some condensation. You oh, no, that's it's delicious. Fine, you know. No, yeah, I'm fine with that. Okay, well, number three is the peanut butter sandwich with almost no peanut butter. That's sad. It's sad, and it's kind of your own fault, because you quit halfway through. Number two, the cartoon sandwich. This is not only number two and not number one, because it's not an actual food, just the thought of a food. I love the cartoon sandwich. It's the ideal sandwich. You are on the Play-Doh's sandwich. You're on the record. Yes, I've I've said it in a previous podcast. The Dagwood slash Scooby-Doo overstuffed sandwich. Nothing makes me hungrier than seeing that on TV. Yeah. And, and my son watches a one. lot of Scooby-Doo, so I'm walking in to get a lot of snacks. I see the thing, and I'm like, I gotta go get some pretzels or something. Yeah. Number one is the best burger in America. Why'd you stop in America? Do you get the best the burger best in America? Burger do, in America. You, do you get the best burger in America from Flavortown? <laughs> <laughs> is that a Guy Fieri special? Flavortown. Yeah. Okay, we're talking about Triple D. This is Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. I'm Guy Fieri. Stay tuned. This is Diner Drive-Ins and Dives. There you watches go. The, yeah, there you go. Papa watches that show all the time. 40 seconds of promos. Yeah, and then he just... Yeah, there's not much content on that show, is there? Then he just throws corned beef into his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. So, the best burger being the double cheeseburger. Wait, we're second. not rating burgers. We're rating Ninjala. What's the rating on Ninjala? <laughs> What do you think the, um, about a spicy chutney on a burger? How is that? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give Ninjala the number three. The number three. So the number three the let peanut me see, butter is the sandwich. peanut butter. All right. Yes. Well, I like this. I like this um, method of system. Actually, so it no, was, I it was cartoon sandwich. Oh, it's got a number two. All right. It's just got a tremendous amount of potential. You only chose a number. So it would technically be like a four star review, but four sandwiches. Right. All right, so when it got a number, that's too, that's great. I mean, obviously, if I was using your rating system, Curse of the Moon 2 got the double cheeseburger. Mike, what about you? What about uh, Helium 9 Games' Tennis 1920s? It's the club sandwich. What, you, what, what? Where, does that, where does that fall in? It's number six. If you guys aren't in, if you're not in the club, you can't have the sandwich. You know what I like about a club sandwich? It just means bacon's on it. Yeah. You can, and say, can, I, well, can I get an egg salad club? People would look at you crazy. But they slide an extra piece of bread in there. Oh, that's true. That's the triple decker. 
Yeah. Right. I think t- tennis, you go to the club, you order the club. Right? What? This yeah. Is, th- this uh, is a good thought to go out on. Think about club sandwiches and, you know, say a prayer to world peace. I like club crackers. Sure. Like green box, salty. Here's another great show you can check out right here on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Hey, Benito. I've been reading the Bible lately, and nobody ever told me how many talking dogs and wizard battles were in this thing. Well, Chris, you know what I always say. If you can understand Star Wars, you can understand the Bible. Apocrypals, part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. For my week in the hot seat, I chose Die Hard, a movie my dad and Todd won't stop talking about. Apparently, Bruce Willis used to be bankable at the box office. The 1988 action thriller took home 83 million domestically. What's surprising? No one wanted the part. Stallone, Schwarzenegger, Burt Reynolds, and Richard Gere all turned down the starring role. There's a terrible joke here, but my dad says I'm too young for it. So old Bruno goes barefoot, blasting Germans for two hours, launching his career as an action megastar. There have been four sequels, and there's one more on the way entitled McLean, or as Todd calls it, Plain McLean. We're going to discuss a lot of Die Hard. We might even get into Beat-Up's music career. But first, do you guys have any fond memories here? I do. I I loved this movie when I was a kid. And I think the reason that I always liked it is that Bruce Willis had the same physique that my dad did. Right. Um, You know, you didn't see him coming. Uh, If Stallone, like you mentioned, or Schwarzenegger um, had gotten the role, you know, you would have seen him coming a mile away and it would have just been waiting for him to just kick butt and through the entire building. But I like that you're kind of always waiting for maybe help to arrive for him because you don't think he's going to be able to do it on his own. He doesn't look like he's prepared to. And I think that for me is the reason I've always liked the movie. Yeah. Bruce Willis is like he's like the guy you see like at bag check and you're like, who's this schlub? You know, right, right, right. Yeah, they were like, like, you he might, might have been in shape once, but, you know, he's... right. Yeah, I think that's very appealing that he was more of kind of like a wise ass who you couldn't kill. You just couldn't squash him out. Right. And obviously my fondest memories are Alan Rickman. He's my in this movie, my favorite villain. Yeah, by it's, far. It's interesting. You there, There's so many movies where you say, you know, I think I actually like the villain more than I like the hero. And this is certainly one that's 50 50. Yep, exactly. Uh, th- they both brought this movie uh, probably higher than it than any other two actors would have. You know, the thing think- is, is that Bruce probably knew he wasn't the first choice. So he brought it. And Alan Rickman was wait. I mean, this was his star turn. This was his opportunity to make a career. And, you know, I think this goes to show what sometimes the right people in the right roles at the right time can do. If Stallone was in this movie with, you know, someone else who had been established, just playing a terrorist, you know, for the fifth time or the 10th time. Yeah, we wouldn't be talking about it today. Well, totally. I mean, and and the problem is, is that like, so this is 88, right? So like Stallone's already Rambo. Right. Right. So you like you go into this situation and like all oh, Rambo's in the building. It's going to be fine. Yeah, but, he's going to have exploding bow and arrows on him because why wouldn't he? Right, because why he's going to blow that wound shut with gunpowder and he's going to be fine. Yeah, it's 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 that's the appeal is that it's like like if if Bruce can do it running around barefoot in 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 a in a in a white tank top, uh, you know, almost balding, then then there's hope for me to take down a, a building full of terrorists. 
Yeah, I too, like Bruce Willis, am, am, you know, fighting every strand of hair on my head and used to be in good shape. So I identify with him, especially at this point in my life. (laughs) Exactly. Gabe, you dug up some interesting facts on Die Hard. Uh, Why don't you hit us? Well, the glass budget was actually huge. The glass budget. Right. Itemized on, on the budget. Glass budget. I love this. Go ahead. It was $130,000 worth of glass. And that's a 1988 money. That's like it's like quarter million dollars worth of glass right there in 2020. Yeah, that's 1988 money, 1988 glass. That's yeah, that's, that's right. right. <laughs> that's that's we have to consider that. Okay. They what else you used more game? silica back then. McLean wears prosthetic feet. Next time you watch, you'll see them and never be able to not see them again. Yeah, that's that's true. He Nick- wore the he, the fake feet, the sock feet, right? Todd? Sock, what, what? Yeah, the old feet socks. You you don't you don't know it until you know it, and then when you know it, you're never not going to know it. Right. Exactly. Anytime you watch what? this movie, just keep looking at his feet, and there's so many times where it literally looks like he's wearing feet boots. Feet boots. Copyright. Okay. What, what's uh <laughs> feet, feet boots <laughs> coming soon from Super Nintendo Dads? Yeezys. Uh, <laughs> None of the terrorists actually spoke German. It was all ah. German gibberish. Uh, the okay. Movie, Any, anything else, Gabe? The movie's title is actually has some weird names in the other parts of the world. Okay. In, in Germany, it's Die Slowly. Who dies slowly? Hans Hans Gruber. Die, depending on how long the the Falls. fall took. No, no, no. That, that's a quick death. That's death on impact. But no, but uh, who uh, dies hard in the movie? It's the same e- question. Everybody McLean comes up against. Exactly. So everyone McLean comes up against. Is it a slowly. good? Is it a good name? Is Die Hard a good name? Yeah, it is. Okay. Um, in Greece, it's very hard to die. Yep, that's right on the nose. That's perfect. Yep, that's better than Die Hard. And- <laughs> <laughs> Norway calls it action skyscraper. I, I like that. that. I like that for a lot of reasons because it sounds like the news. Action skyscraper. Right. You know? <laughs> right, right. In Poland, it's the glass trap. Uh, Poland always being poetic. Yeah, that's not a bad name. I mean, it sounds it sounds like it's more like a drama, but um they they did uh they did shoot the glass. So yeah, you think you go into a drama and then you got this three-minute scene of uh, one of the terrorists stealing candy and eating it. They could have cut that. That they could have cut. Hungary is the best by far. Give your life expensive. Is that real? Did you check your facts on this? Give your life... In Hungary, it's called Give Your Life Expensive. Who shows up to that movie? Who buys a ticket to Give Your Life Expensive? <laughs> it's Give Your Expensive Life. $640 million in the bank bonds or whatever. Give your expensive life to me, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. Give your life. Give your, give, uh, Bruce, if you're out there, uh, give your life to my son, Gabriel. Give your life expensive. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm rolling it around in my head trying to figure out what the hell that could possibly even mean. I have no idea. Give but- your expensive life. It's like one of those I, things where it's like, you know, we don't have we don't have a way of saying that in our language. It's like a child's laundry. <laughs> what? <laughs> right. Lastly, Dad, your favorite part, the Gruber trap. 
Yep, I love the look Gruber of, drop. The look of terror on Alan Rickman's face is real. They said they dropped him on the count of three, but did it on one. Ooh. It's brilliant. It's a brilliant directing decision there. Which is evil. Yeah. You never tell someone you're good. That's like the Band-Aid rip with a kid. I'll do it on three, you do it on one, and then you're like, don't cry. Right? When I was shooting a movie once, actually, I was supposed to be very surprised about um, a picture that was inside a card that a young lady had given me. And um, they put the most atrocious pictures you could ever imagine inside this card. And I had no idea that that was going to be in there. So uh, I pretty much got Gruber dropped. You, you, you got Gruber dropped. Yeah. That's a thing. Mm-hmm. That's a T-shirt. Let's remember to make T-shirts that says I got Gruber dropped. Guys, I have a question. It's a simple one. Every time people talk about Die Hard, it seems to be something that's happening more and more year after year. Is it a Christmas movie? No. 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 It's a, it's a family. It's, no? it, it's a Family Matters prequel. <laughs> yeah. They saw. So I'm in the. That's a. They, that that's our Carl Winslow. And it's like, shh, right. come on. I'm trying to watch the movie. It's we're so close to the end. No, that's our Carl's Winslow. Shut up. People are trying to watch the movie. I, I'm. I, I have to leave. I need to find a payphone. Right. I yeah. have to call Reginald Val Johnson now. Get him on the next plane to Chicago. I got a job for him. He's gonna like. He's gonna like what he hears. And uh, he might not like that his youngest daughter disappears in the middle of the show for some reason because of contractual. Ah, they were used to that back then. She was like, I want more money. They were like, you're not even important to the show. Yeah. And she was gone. Yeah. She's like, I got it. I got advice on my career from Aunt Viv. And they're like, well, we've got something for you. Uh, (laughs) Aunt Aunt Viv. You're going down the same dusty trail as Aunt Viv did. Are we going to mention anything about it? Nope. Just going to put a prettier actor in her place and just have her act like nothing's ever changed. Oh, my God. Fresh Prince Aunt Viv. Who do you prefer? First Aunt Viv? I like the second Aunt Viv. You like second Aunt Viv? I do, yeah. Yeah. I don't know where I fall on the Aunt Viv discussion. Well, where do we fall on the Christmas discussion? Have we decided yes or no? No, no, no? Is it three no's? Is it a hard no for us? Yeah, no, 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 no. No, Here's what I will say. No matter what, I enjoy watching it at Christmas time. I agree. It ends with the Christmas song. I mean, that is, it's set around Christmas. There's Christmas trees in the building. I think somebody dies by falling on a Christmas tree. I feel like it's a Christmas movie. Um, I'm going to know. What if if it was a big Easter egg that someone dies on? Yeah, I mean, if you take Christmas out of it, yeah, it's not like it needed to be cold because they're in California. So it still looks like it's, it doesn't really look like Christmas as you know it in the movies. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it could, this movie could happen if Christmas wasn't involved. So I'm going, I'm going to, all right, I'm going, no, not a Christmas movie. Here's a question for the both of you, though. Who's your favorite character? Oh, I love Rickman. Uh, Gruber, yeah. Yeah, Gruber, he's great. By far. I like the taxi driver guy. I forget his name. Ah, yeah, he's funny. Is it Miles? No, it's like, something it's, with an it's A. It's like Octagon or something like that. It's not Octagon. Octagon. Oh, yeah, wait, I'm no, looking Ma- at a- Miles is like the vault, the guy who's like drilling into the vault, right? Is he was Miles? he was in Matlock. That's uh, Clarence Gilliard Jr. He was in Matlock, and Matlock is my favorite oh, oh, TV oh, show of all time. Argyle. Argyle. Yes, Argyle. What yes. did I say? Octagon? Argyle. Yeah, you said uh, Octagon. octagon. <laughs> yeah, Whatever. right. Argyle, Close. Argyle, Octagon, Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> There's a song that um, Argyle's rocking out to in the limo during one of the Winslow scenes. 
I think when he's like in the building. Yeah. It's so good. It's like the perfect okay. rocking out song. I think we should probably put it in here somehow. Can I tell you something? Mm. Just between you and me. Anytime I get in an Uber or yeah. a regular or a regular taxi. Yeah. Or if I'm lucky enough, a limo. Yeah. I'm secretly hoping. Yeah. That it's Argyle. Yeah. <laughs> really? who, who, who else can you say that about? It's true. There's no small parts, only small actors. I'm saying it for years. That's true. So Die Hard got a NES game, not a great one, but a NES game, and not a uh, terrible one. Well, we can, yeah, we'll, exactly. We'll, we, we, we'll talk. We'll take. We could take sides, or, or we could find common ground. How about that? That's more sure. diplomatic. I think so. Uh, Gabe, what do you say we kick it over to our resident gaming historian for a look at Die Hard on the NES? Uh, Todd is prepared to. Uh, he's prepared some remarks. Can we kick it over to him? Certainly. Yeah. Thank you, Gabe. Um, All right. Released by Activision in 1992, four years after the 1988 movie, Die Hard is a top-down shooter, which feels a bit like Smash TV, Alien Syndrome with some stealth mechanics like Metal Gear, and has a foot meter. It does have a foot meter. the foot meter. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's a pretty cool little little, um, device in the game. Is it cool? You just start walking slower because your feet are bleeding out. Yeah, it just I I just I think that it's one of those things where like they looked at the movie and they figured out something they could do in the game that made some sense. I, I don't yeah. I don't think it's a it's a home run, but it's a considered thought. It's not just, you know, yeah. another the thing is it's not an LJN game, right? So we're getting a little bit more considered than most movie adaptations. That's fair enough. And I do like that every time you pick up a health kit for your feet, right. it shows that little picture and it's like John's fixing his feet. Oh, right. It's like it's, it's like it's like a little it's like a little film. Yeah. And still and the- of him sitting at the sink, like picking glass out of his feet or right. whatever. Uh, so that's cool. But and like, I like the, that your no health- other game has a foot meter. Right. Exactly. That's why I think it's 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 worth talking about. Um, I also like that your health meter and your foot meter are filled by two different power ups. <laughs> yeah, you, have soda. At all. you have soda for your health and then like a medikit for your feet yeah. um the game itself has a bit of an open world architecture and pulls cutscenes that aren't actually all that ugly as they yeah. you know no, usually not tend, tend to be Ripley um, looks good yeah he looks great and so does al yeah he does the cool thing about it is the story beats in the game all kind of take place or are triggered by what items you have in your inventory or where you came from, which I think is pretty innovative for the time. I don't think that they were using the technology that they needed to, to get this actually done, but I think the game itself is a little ahead of its time in that regard. Yeah. There are a few uh, design decisions there that are, that are interesting that, that, that I wish the game was better for, you know what I'm saying? Like that, 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 well, that brings us to the the big thing. The game is sadly sent screaming over the ledge by its horrible controls and the fact that you get one life, no passwords, no continues, and the game's short. If you figure out how to play it, you can roll credits in 25 minutes. So, Gabe, one of the things you loved about Die Hard, other than the violence and gunplay, 
was the banter, quips, and catchphrases. Now, you know McLean is in production, supposedly. I don't know where it's at right now, but I was just reading Variety here, as I do. Uh, they need a new catchphrase. yippee Kaye, uh, it's not connecting with today's men and women. So I made some calls. I got a big shot on the line right away, told him who I was. They put me right through. And uh, he's on with us now, and I want you to pitch some of your very best stuff. We need alternatives for yippee Kaye. What do you got for this very special guest? Yeah, listen, kid, I heard you on that Super Nintendoids program. Uh, we need to have a new catchphrase for the new Die Hards flicks. You know, something we can put on a t-shirt of uh, maybe a 711 cup. You hear that, Gabe? It's going to yeah. go on a cup. Yeah, for the, sl- <laughs> for the Sloopies. Yeah, so for the Sloopies. It's going to go on a cup for the Sloopies. So yeah. listen, we got to try a few of these out. Hit us with your best catchphrases. What do you got? skip a do, Dennis. So Dennis, Dennis is the villain. So, so th- that's assuming that there's a villain named Dennis. That's a that's a that's a that's a risk you took. I don't mind skip a dip, skip a dip, do skip a dip, do Dennis. Skip a dip. Can you say it like in a, like in a, like a like in a, like a gotcha? Skip a dip, do Dennis. Okay. Yeah. Skip a dip, do Dennis. Oh, there you go. That's it. That's uh, the money move. That. You think that can make it? Is that 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 is yeah. that is that what we need? Maybe it's not. It's not perfect, kid. Um, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna light a cigar when I come back. I'm hoping you have it. <laughs> All right. All right, Gabe. We got to go with another one here. What do you got? What's the next one you got? Yahoo, Buckaroo. <laughs> Buffers and busters. We can do better, folks. <laughs> Yahoo, Buckaroo. Okay, so clearly you you zeroed in on the. On the the Roy Roger, the cowboy element of the first film, uh, Yahoo Buckaroo, uh, maybe I like maybe, it actually. Yeah, it's not bad. Maybe it's got legs. Maybe uh, you know what's he doing? He says that and then does what? Yeah, is that after a kill? Is that before a kill? Maybe the villain's Gruber's son, and he's Who calling him Buckaroo. Son? <laughs> How do you know that? Didn't he? Doesn't he? Maybe he does. Whatever. All right, Gabe. All right, Gabe. That one, that one, maybe not playing as well as you hoped. What do you got next? What do you got for us next? You're going to be yesterday's tomatoes. (laughs) (laughs) Yesterday's tomatoes, kid. Now you're talking. This is something I like. It's snappy. It's quick. You're going to be yesterday's tomatoes, like yesterday's mosquitoes. Yeah, this this is going to be great in the vegetable market. I feel like it's going to be, it's really going to hit that key demographic of people who love veggies. We'll put little stickers of the movie right on the tomatoes. This is going to be something. (laughs) Right on the tomatoes. Right on there. Oh my my God. I think we got a deal. Maybe. But, but Gabe, you're not at, you're not out of them yet. Right. I feel like, I feel like you have a couple more that you wanted to share. What else you got in your bag of tricks? Like a plant during the winter. Dead. <laughs> <laughs> that, <laughs> we, we let this kid host the show. Like a plant during the winter. Dot, dot, dot. Dead. It reminds, okay. it, it reminds me of something I recently was reading. There's like a phrase that's like... What? Was it uh, total bullshit? <laughs> yeah, 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 it was the inside of my garbage bag. 
<laughs> no, it was onions make you cry, but they never been a vegetable that makes you laugh. <laughs> Until tomatoes. Until tomatoes slash mosquitoes. Mosquitoes. Uh, okay. Like a plant during the winter dead. So that's that that's post kill. That's uh some kind of botanist uh, arboreal pun humor. Mm, an Take herbologist, down. yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Gabe, maybe, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Let's 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 see what else you got here. <laughs> Your mother was a terrible scarecrow. <laughs> <laughs> Your mother was a terrible scarecrow. Uh, I don't know about that one, kid. Gabe. Please explain to me the context in which you use your mother was a terrible scarecrow. If anything, the insult would be your mother was a great scarecrow. Yeah, for real. She scared people off. She was hideous. But to be a terrible scarecrow means she was attractive. No, Gabe, you got to defend this. You're you're pitching these lines for big money. You're going to be on the the slippy cup at the seven hundred and elevens. All right, listen, kid. I used to represent Roy Bulger. There's no way I'm making a scarecrow joke. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Next. Um, Oh, my God, Gabe. I think you only have one more in your bag of tricks. Here we go. I I hope this flies, Gabe. Sue believe it takes four days after burial for the spirit to journey to, to its next resting place. They believe death is not an end of life, <laughs> but the beginning of another journey for the spirit. That probably won't bring you much comfort. I'm going to shoot you in the face. <laughs> Who the hell is Sue? <laughs> Who is Sue? <laughs> Oh, the Sue. <laughs> I like it much better if it's just Sue. You know, Re- you know hey, Rebecca my- told me. Well, so, Gabe, I-, I don't know that you fit that on a Slurpee cup. That that doesn't even fit on a fortune. I forgot cookie about fortune. the slu- Forgot about the Slurpee cup. The Slurpee cup, Gabe. Listen, that's kid. It's got to look really good on a seven hundred and eleven cup. There's it's no gotta- way that's gonna work. <laughs> that's not gonna fly. You know what, kid? I'm not telling you no, but I'm not telling you yes. All right. Uh, that, I mean, that's as good as you're going to get, Gabe. Uh, Listen, you know. kid, here's a nickel for your licorice whip, all right? I'm not going to let <laughs> send you home empty-handed. That's that's very nice of you, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody hang this phone up for me. I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> this channel is reserved for emergency calls only. No f***ing shit, lady! Do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza? So, Todd, as Gabe mentioned earlier, B-Dubs, big band guy. Is this what we're calling him now? B-Dubs? Yeah, B-Dubs. All right. That's what he's... I saved him in my phone as B-Dubs, but I hope he doesn't mind. So, big band guy, (laughs) singer on the side, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And let me tell you something. Uh, He's he's not great. He's not great, but he looks really into it when he's doing it. Yeah, but you know, you can't have it all. Right. You're going to you're going to lose your hair. You're going to play a harmonica that sounds like Wolverine drunkenly attacking a chalkboard, and that's fine. But Gabe and I have a little game for you if if you'll indulge us. Of yeah, of course. Okay. Introducing whose crappy band is this? We have 3 contestants, okay? okay. 
Mm-hmm. Now, would you prefer to hear? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you who the three bands are. One is okay. Bruce Willis. Okay. It's Bruce Willis's blues band. Mm-hmm. One is Kevin Costner's band. He has a band. And one is Steven Seagal's band. Kevin Costner in the Field of Dreams. Yeah, sure. Maybe. Seagal has a band. That's right. Thank God Van Damme's never embarrassed himself like this. No, but he has in other ways. But so I'm going to give you the choice, okay? I can either play all three clips and then you can tell me who's one, two, and three. Or we can go through them one at a time. One at a time. You got it, sir. Okay. Queuing up the first one now. Todd, whose crappy band is this? It was a dead of night, late July. Oh my god. I don't I don't know. Kevin Costner? Kevin Costner? That you're going with Costner? Going with Costner, final answer. You go you're going with Mr. Tin Cup? <laughs> yes, I'm going with the Prince of Thieves. You're one for one. Oh, God damn it. I cut the last line that he said sounded a little costnery. Right? If you put a little mm-hmm. costner on it. Yeah, threw a little throw a little English on it, a little, little costner on it. He did. He can't do an English accent though. Okay, so here's number two. Mm. Okay? You ready? Yep. Oh my God, is that B-dubs? Here's what I'll do for you. Mm. I'll play the last two. Okay. And you can tell me which is which. You just heard that one. Okay. I'll play this one. Listen carefully, and then you make the call. All right, that's Bruce. You're locking in, Bruce? Uh, locking in, Bruce. But can I need to hear the Seagal one again now that I know it's Seagal. Okay. Oh, man. He's going to write a letter. He's going to write a letter, probably about how he hasn't gotten a good role in 27 years. Mm, exactly. He's going to write a letter to uh, Warner Brothers about why he wasn't cast in Demolition Man. Right, or he's going to write a letter to his dry cleaner asking where all his kimonos are. (laughs) I know that you're secretly making my kimonos tighter. No, Mr. Seagal, we're not touching your kimonos. You're just gaining weight. I I refuse to believe that. What you're doing is you're trying to gaslight me. You're making them tighter. You're bringing them in at the waist. If there's a dry cleaner out there who's doing that to Steven Seagal, please (laughs) get in touch just so I can know that it's a thing. And I can forever be happy. Just trust me. It's a thing. Oh, my God. Well, that I was great. That. I, I never knew Costner had a band. I totally forgot that Seagal did. And that was fun. Yeah. Well, to be fair, none of them deserve their band. Just I hope remember you enjoyed playing. Yeah. Music is for everyone. Yeah. Just remember, music should be fun. <laughs> but it should also be good. <laughs> so... Ooh, I meant maybe. to. I meant to say, music should be fun. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's that's my tagline, and I screwed it up. That's okay. You know what? We've had a lot of laughs here today. You know what's not funny? Steven Seagal's band. I wanted this to be professional, 
Efficient, adult, cooperative, not a lot to ask. Alas, your Mr. Takagi did not see it that way, so he won't be joining us for the rest of his life. Well, guys, I guess there's only one thing left to do. What's that? that? Escape the show. No! Oh my god, already? Uh, Todd, can we start a shitty blues band? I'm already fat and bald. All you have to do is wheeze into a harmonica. <laughs> Done. I'll play the, okay. uh, drain board. Washboard. Okay. Okay. Board. <laughs> that could be good, too, though. All right, Mike, you famously cry yourself to sleep most nights. Any game ever make you make a shed a tear? Uh, yeah, I feel like when Aerith died in Final Fantasy, I shed a tear. Fair enough. That could be a lie, though. Uh, Die Hard for Ness has the, has the foot meter. Which game sh- uh, should feature the hand meter? Uh-oh, Karate Kid? Yeah, no, that's what I was thinking. Go ahead. Finish this line. I got in one little fight and my mom got scared. Uh, what, what are you talking about? I, I got in one little fight and my mom got scared. Finish this line. I got in one little fight and my mom got scared. Oh, so she sent me uh, and then I went to Bel Air. It's the Fresh Prince of Bel Air song. Good man. Okay. Okay. What was the best Happy Meal toy you ever got? Uh, Bowser. I still have it. Oh, that's good. Uh, what's going on with the hand in the toilet from uh, Zelda? Oh, I don't know. If there really is a Burger King, why can't he issue a decree outlawing all other burgers? Ah, fair enough. Then you'd have to have a Burger Emperor. Right. Fair enough. Um, any interest in a Virtual Boy Mini? No, stop it! Stop trying to sell me minis I don't want! Out of every Mario Kart driver, who has the most disgusting cup holder situation? Oh, definitely Wario. Wario has just disgusting <laughs> coins it's, it's, in there. It's just a mess in there. The bottom of his soda There's cup gold soaked fish, through. Goldfish and pennies it's stuck like to the bottom. It's like nothing you want. It just smells like his body odor. and Yeah, scrape your tongue, smell that, and that's what it smells like. <laughs> Uh, okay. So, guys, I guess that's it for this episode of the Super Nintendo's podcast. Gabe, very well done, dear boy. Thank you. How'd it feel? Nice, nice work, Gabe. Feel good. All right, Gabe. What do you call the wife of a hippie? What? Mrs. Hippie. <laughs> <laughs> So that's it for this episode of the Super Nintendads Entertainment Podcast. Thank you for listening, and please reach out to us at supernintendads at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, or if you would like to share any memories. Also, please check out the other brilliant shows on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Remember, gaming should be fun. See you soon. Gabe, Yeah. congratulations on a job well done. Well done, dear boy. That was brilliant. And Well those- done! Well done, dear boy. <laughs> I told you they were average-sized shoes. It's not all that hard. Yeah, they're pretty average. Again, Can I have uh, my licorice okay. whip you promised me? Uh, give me a, I said I was going <laughs> to give you a nickel for a licorice, licorice whip. I'm not going to one of them dirty-ass five and dimes. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. You got you to get your own damn whips. Yeah. Grab me the paper while you're there. Yeah, pick you up the paper. check the stock ticket. I want, I want to see what's going on with the ponies. The ponies. And the Brooklyn Dodgers. <laughs> Say goodbye to the folks, Gabe. Goodbye to the folks, Gabe. That never gets old. Good night. <laughs>